2: of clipper craft clothes for men, and 1036 leading retail stores from coast to coast, present the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Our stories are based upon the character of Sherlock Holmes, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Sherlock Holmes is portrayed by John Stanley. Dr. Watson by Alfred Shirley. And the dramatizations are by Edith Meiser. Well, here we are again in Dr. Watson's study. We find him seated in the large armchair in front of a crackling fire.
3: Good evening, Mr. Harris.
2: Good evening, Dr. Watson. Now, don't get up. You look very comfortable right where you are. And from the redness of your cheeks, I'd say you've had a good day off in the country somewhere.
3: (laughs) That's where you're wrong, Mr. Harris. I've been doing museums most of the day, and it's very tiring work, especially with two small boys in
2: tow. I should think so. But where did you collect the kindergarten, Doctor?
3: Oh, it was a brace of nephews of mine. I was helping along with their education, you know. It's a custom in my family that the uncles must take the nephews museum visiting once a year. <laughs> I remember as a boy being dragged through miles
2: of art galleries. But, Doctor, weren't you ever taken to the British Museum?
3: Oh, yes, and to Madame Tussauds. But the Tower of London was my favorite. The uncle who took me there was quite a fancier of precious stones. He explained the history of every jewel in the crown's collection.
2: That must have been an education in itself. They say every famous gem leaves a trail of bloodshed and high adventure across the pages of history. And, by the way, isn't your story tonight about a famous jewel?
3: Oh, yes, that is what reminded me so strongly of my boyhood visits to the Tower... The famous Mazarin stone I'm going to tell you about had a history that would make your hair curl. Dear me, I little did I think when I saw it as a boy that I would ever hold that great yellow beauty in my own
2: hands. Bridge did you, Doctor? But,
3: oh, before I tell you that, Mr. Harris, suppose I give you a few moments to say a few words about our sponsor's most estimable product.
2: Thank you, Dr. Watson. As you put it, sir, it is indeed an estimable product. So esteemed, may I say, that beginning in 1948, over 1,000 leading stores from coast to coast are clipper craft dealers. To be exact, there are 1036 such distinguished establishments. Those leading stores across the country are, of course, the key to the amazing values so unique to clipper craft clothes. The 1036 leading stores are part of the famous clipper craft plan. In this plan, their buying power is concentrated to effect tremendous savings in manufacturing and distribution costs. Savings which are all yours. That's why truly fine clippercraft suits are only forty and forty five dollars, why clippercraft top coats and overcoats are only forty dollars, and sport jackets only twenty six fifty. Clippercraft values are truly out of this world. Compare them with clothes selling for many dollars more. Now, Dr. Watson, let's get back to the story of the in Stone.
3: Mm, yes, now, let me see. Where was I? Oh, yes, I'd i been married some years and had resumed my practice... when one snowy winter afternoon... one of my calls took me in the neighborhood of Baker Street. <laughs> I couldn't resist the temptation to drop in... and find out for myself what my colleague Sherlock Holmes was up to. As I stood there in a falling snow waiting for someone to answer the bell... I glanced up at the window of his study, and there I saw the thin nose and saturnine features of the great detective. He was apparently deeply engrossed in a book. Presently, the door was opened, and there stood Mrs.
2: Hudson.
4: Well, bless my soul if it isn't the doctor. Good-day to you, sir. It's a pleasure seeing you again.
3: Why, Missus Hudson, you're looking as beautiful as ever. You you don't change at all.
4: Nor do you, sir. You and your blarney.
3: (laughs) And how is the great man himself?
4: Him? He's in bed asleep, I think.
3: But I just saw him through the window.
4: So that fooled you too. That's not him. What do you mean? Just you be going upstairs and find out for yourself. I'm not the one to be giving secrets away. Least of all, Mr. Holmes' secret.
3: So, he's asleep in the middle of the afternoon, eh? Yes, sir. I suppose that means a case.
4: Yes, sir. He's hard at it now. And he's getting thinner and thinner. When will it be pleased to dine, Mr. Holmes, sir, I'll ask him. 7.30 the day after tomorrow, he'll say. You know his way when he's on a case. <laughs>
3: yes, I seem to remember.
4: He's a follower in someone. Don't say. Yes, sir. Yesterday he was out dressed like a workman, looking for a job. Today he was an old woman. Fair took me in, he did. And Lord knows I ought to be knowing his ways by now. You'll see his old woman's umbrella leaning up against the sofa in his study.
3: Dear me. And what is this case all about?
4: Well, I don't mind telling you, sir. But mind you don't let it go any farther.
3: Oh, cross my heart, Mrs. Hudson.
4: Very well, then. The case of the Crown Diamond.
3: What? The hundred thousand pound burglary?
4: Yes, sir. And Mister Holmes is getting it back for him. Why would you believe it? Yesterday we had the Prime Minister and the Home Secretary sitting on Mister Holmes' sofa, both at the same time.
3: Oh, I hope it stood up under the strain. And uh, how did uh, how did Holmes behave? Two such famous persons on his couch.
4: Him? He was very nice to them and put them right at their ease.
3: Oh, indeed.
4: Yes, sir. Then there was old Lord Cantlemere. (laughs) Oh, you know what that means. Yes. He's a stiffen if I do say so. I can get along with the Prime Minister, and I've nothing against the Home Secretary. He seems an obliging sort of man with a civil tongue in his head, but I can't abide his lordship.
3: Oh, poor fellow.
4: Yes, sir, and neither can Mr. Holmes. You see, he don't believe in Mr. Holmes, and he's against employing him. He'd rather he failed.
3: Does Holmes know that, do you think?
4: Mr. Holmes knows whatever there is to know.
3: Oh, absolutely. But I say, perhaps I had better not wake
4: him. Oh, I wish you would, sir. He has not had a bite to eat since yesterday noon, and then only a sandwich with a glass of milk, and I don't dare speak to him about it. You know what he's like, sir, when he's busy on a case.
2: Oh, quite.
3: Well, suppose I go up and beard the lion in his den, eh? Awake? Hmm. He must be asleep. Well, I'll go in anyway. Hmm. Same old place and the same old litter. Scientific charts, chemicals, violin, pipes, papers, all higgledy-piggledy. Oh, there's the old boy himself snoozing in the armchair in front of the window. I thought I saw him from the street. I'll <laughs> just go over and
2: tweak in the uh, Watson, come away from that window. Uh, What? what? Good gracious, Holmes, you gave me a start. Come away from that window if you value your life. Well, very well, very well.
3: But I say, Holmes, this is all very confusing. Here I see you sitting in your armchair, and suddenly you pop out of me uh, from your bedroom door. Uh, Since when
2: have you been twins? Yes, it is rather a startling likeness, isn't it? Likeness? Yes, it's a wax image of me. I'm expecting to get a bullet through its beautiful head at any moment. You mind drawing the blinds without exposing yourself oh, all right it's better now i can come into the room
3: yes but why all this hocus
2: pocus i'm being watched from a window across the street by a gentleman with an unpleasantly efficient air gun yes watson you come at a critical moment
3: yes so i gather
2: how far am i justified in allowing you to share this danger with me i wonder danger what kind of danger sudden death i'm expecting something this evening Expecting what? To be murdered, Watson. Oh, you're joking. Even my limited sense of humor could produce a better joke than that. Perhaps you'd better go while there's still time.
3: My dear Holmes, you couldn't get me out of here now at the
2: point of a revolver. Good. But sit down, sit down. May as well be comfortable in the meantime. Hmm. How about a pipe and a glass of brandy? They have to take the place of food these days. But why not eat? The faculties become refined when you starve them. Oh, rubbish. What your digestion gains in the way of blood supply is so much lost to the brain. Present, I'm all brain. But uh, this danger, Holmes... His name is Silvius. Better write it down. Count Negretto Silvius. 136 Moorside Gardens, northwest. Moorside Gardens, northwest. Got it? Yes. Good. Can give it to scotland yard with my love and a parting blessing in case the murderer is successful look here
3: holmes i'm in all this I- i've nothing to do for a day or two your morals
2: la- don't improve watson now you've added fibbing to your other vices you bear every sign of the busy medical man oh to blazes with that i say can't you have this fellow arrested yes i can that's why he's determined to kill me
3: well then why don't you
2: because i don't know where he's hidden the confounded diamond
3: oh yes mrs hudson told me the missing crown jewel
2: I've cast my net, Watson, and got my fish. But what's the use of catching them if the jewels slip through my fingers? And uh, is this Count Silvius one of your so-called fish? Yes, he's the shark. The other is Sam Merton, the boxer. He's the Count's tool. Sam's not a shark. He's a great bull-headed gudgeon. Come in, come in. Ah, Mrs. Hudson, what is it?
4: A gentleman downstairs to see you, sir. Here's his card.
2: Count Negretto Silvius. Well, well, so the old shark is grasping the nettle, eh? Uh, that
3: <laughs> metaphor is a trifle mixed, Holmes.
2: Show him up, Mrs. Hudson, when I ring. If I'm not in the room, show him up all the same. Yes, sir. <laughs> man of nerve, Hudson. Mm. Possibly you've heard of his reputation as a big game hunter. What a triumphant ending to his sporting record if he succeeds in adding me to his bag. This is proof that he feels my breath uncomfortably hot on his neck. Look here, why not send for the police? Not yet, not quite yet. Take a glance out of the window, Watson, and see if anyone's hanging about.
3: Yes. Oh. There's one rough-looking
2: fellow near the door. That will be Sam, faithful but fatuous.
3: I say, look here, Holmes. This is serious. I insist on staying
2: with you. But you'll be in the way. In his way? No, in mine. Well, I'm not going to budge. Very well, we'll compromise. You shall stay in the bedroom, within call in case I need you. Yes, but Holmes. Come along. It's essential that this room be empty when the Count enters it. He's come for his own purpose, but he may stay for mine. Hurry! I think I hear his step on the stairs.
4: Oh, he's not in here, sir. But won't you step in? I'm sure he'll be back in a moment. Many thanks. And now you'll pardon me, sir.
5: Certainly.
2: So, this is his den, eh? His bottles and his papers and all the rest of his hocus-pocus. <laughs> oh, softly, Sylvia, softly. There's the old vulture himself asleep in his chair. What lucky, Sylvia, One tap from my gold-headed cane... Don't break it, Count. Don't break it. Holmes, you. Quite. I trust you weren't expecting someone else. I see you've been admiring my wax figure. Pretty little thing, isn't it? Tavernier made it. He's almost as good at wax works as your friend Straubensee is at air guns. Air guns? What do you mean? First, put your hat and stick on the side table. Thank you. Now, pray take a seat. Perhaps you'd like to put your revolver on the table, too. Um... No, you prefer to sit on it? Very well. This visit is most opportune. I want a few minutes' chat with you. Good. I, too, wish to have some words with you. May I ask why all these personal attentions? Because you annoy me. you have put your creatures on my tracks. <laughs> my creatures? I assure you, no. Know. Nonsense. I've had them followed. Well, two can play at that game, my friend. <laughs> Yesterday, there was a sporting old gentleman. Today, it was an elderly woman. You flatter me, Count. Old Baron Dawson said the night before he was hanged that in my case, what the law had gained, the stage had lost. And now you praise my impersonations. (laughs) Dear me, it was you. You yourself? Quite. There is the old lady's umbrella you were gracious enough to hand back to me when we collided in the minories this morning. If I had only known... I would never have seen this humble home again, eh? Oh, well, we all have our neglected opportunities. You admit you have dogged me. Why? You used to shoot lions in Algeria? Well, but why? Why? The sport, the excitement, the danger, and no doubt to free the country from a pest, exactly. Well, those are my reasons. In a nutshell, you did. To... I'll show you. Sit down, sit down at once, and take your hand from your hip pocket. Not better. There's another, more practical reason. I want that diamond. Fancy that. Your reason in coming here is to find out how much I know, so you may judge how far my removal is necessary. Well, I shall say, from your point of view, it's quite essential. Uh, absolutely. In short, there is only one thing I do not know. And what is the missing fact, if I may inquire? Where is the crown diamond hidden? Oh, dear me. So that's it. Suppose I don't know. You can't bluff me, Sylvius. You're absolutely plate glass. I can see to the very back of your mind. Really? Well, then, of course, you see where the diamond is. You know, then. You've admitted it. I admit nothing. Oh, come, come. Be reasonable. If not, you'll get hurt. <laughs> And you talk to me about bluff. You see this notebook? Surely. You know what I keep in it? No, I don't pretend to be a mind reader. This book is you. Me? Yes, you. Every move of your filthy, dangerous life. You know, Holmes, there are limits to my patience. It's here. All of it. The real facts in the death of Mrs. Harold, left you the Blymer estate. Fabrication. The complete life history of Miss Minnie Warrender. You can't prove anything. And plenty more. Here is a robbery in the train Lux to the Riviera on February the 13th, 1892. The forged check on the Crédit Lyonnais. No, you're wrong there. Then I am right about the others. Ah, oh. Now then, Count. You're a card player. And the other fellow has all the trumps. Time to throw in your hands. Well, what connection is all this with the theft of the crown jewels? Patience, my dear fellow. Patience. I have the cabman who took you to Whitehall. The one who drove you away. I have the commissioner who saw you near the case. That proves nothing. I have Ikey Sanders. Ikey? Yes, Ikey Sanders, who refused to cut it up for you. Ikey has peached... I oh, wait till I get my... That is the hand I play from. Only one card is missing. The Ace of Diamonds. You'll never get it. No? Consider, you're going to be locked up for 20 years, you and Sam. Perhaps longer. What good will the diamond be to you then? None in the world. Now, we don't want you and we don't want Sam. We want the diamond. Give it up and as far as we're concerned, you're free if you behave yourself in the future. My commission is to get the stone... Not you. And if I refuse? Then it will be you. And not the stone. I think it might be as well to have your friend Sam at this conference. He's waiting outside in the street. Suppose you tap on the window and motion him to come up. Oh, Mrs. Hudson will let him in. She's quite used to my receiving curious characters. Very well. He's coming. Now, what are you going to do... I have a shark and a gudgeon in my net. Now I'm drawing it. And up they come together. You will never die in your bed, Holmes. Does it matter very much? It's no use fingering your pistol, my friend. You wouldn't dare to use it, even if I gave you time to draw. Mighty things, revolvers. Better stick to air guns. But listen, isn't that the fairy footstep of your friend, Mr. Merton? Come in, Sam, come in. Rather dull waiting in the street, isn't it? What's up, Governor? It's all up, Sam. Put it in the nutshell. What's this cove trying to do? Be funny? I'm not in a funny mood myself. No, I expect not. And I can promise you that you'll feel even less humorous as the evening progresses. Now, look kiss Sylvia, so I can't waste time. I'm going into that bedroom. I shall play on my violin for five minutes. At the end of that time, I shall return for your decision. Do we take you, or do we get the stone? Now, where did I put my violin? I assert this. Five minutes, remember. reputation for fine quality. That's what you go by when you choose your first ClipperCraft suit. And once you've worn ClipperCraft, you learn how marvelously it stands up to hard wear, how very comfortable you feel in it. The long wear comes from fine materials and precision workmanship. Your comfort comes from excellent fit resulting from skilled designing. What will amaze you is how so much is possible for so very little. Remember, Clippercraft suits are only $40 and $45. Clippercraft top coats and overcoats are only $40. And sport jackets only $26.50. These are modest prices indeed for clothes obviously worth much more. The great Clippercraft plan, concentrating the buying power of 1,036 leading stores across the nation, makes these remarkable values possible. In your own local independent store, the store you can trust. Selling expensive clothes at inexpensive low prices at the nation's finest independent stores is the great big idea behind the Clipper Craft plan. That's why men who know insist on Clipper Craft clothes. So be sure to visit the Clipper Craft store in your city. These leading stores in the metropolitan area are proud to add their names to Clipper Craft in your suit, top coat, and overcoat. In Manhattan, John Wanamaker Men's Stores, Broadway at 8th and 67 Liberty Street... Saks 34th, Broadway at 34th. In Brooklyn, Abraham and Strauss. In Newark, New Jersey, Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge Newark. And in Jamaica, the B&B Clothes Shop, 16408 Jamaica Avenue. Now let's return to 221B Baker Street, where Count Silvius and his henchman Sam are discussing their dilemma while Sherlock Holmes' violin can still be heard in the next room.
5: pretty, don't
2: he? Oh, shut up, Sam.
5: Look here, does this mean that he knows about the stone? He knows too much about it. I'm not sure. He doesn't know everything. Good Lord. Ikey Sanders has split. Oh, he has, has he? Oh, I'll do him a thinking for that. See if I do That don't won't know. help us now. To make up our minds. Hey, off a He's a leery co What if he's listening? How can he
2: be with that violin squeaking like that? Oh, her?
5: sir, there he is, sitting right in that chair. Rock, it's only a dummy. Oh, fake, hey. Oh, strike me, madam, to swords, ain't it? it What's a living spit of him dressing down
2: and all? Oh, shut up! You're wasting our time, and there isn't any too much. He can jail us over this stone, the stone. That he can.
5: But he'll let us go if we tell him where the stone is. What? Give up a hundred thousand quid? It's one or the other. He's in there alone. Let's do him in. He's armed
2: and ready. That's no, too noisy. he will never get away. Besides, it's likely the police have whatever evidence he's collected that? I'd have sworn I heard something move over there in the window. Uh, something in the street, most
5: likely. Oh, look here, Governor, you've got the brains. If slugging's no good, it's up to you.
2: Yes. I've fooled better men than he. The stone is here in my secret pocket. I can get out of England tonight, cut it into four pieces in Amsterdam before Sunday. He knows nothing about Van Seder. But the false bottom ain't ready. We must chance it as it is. Not a moment to lose. As for Holmes... The fool won't arrest us if he can get the stone. We'll put him on the wrong track. And before he discovers it is wrong, it'll be in Holland. And we'll be out
5: of the country. Sounds good to me. Or wonder you dare carry it. Where would it be safer? Let's have a look at it. What's the idea, huh? What's up, Matty? you think I'm going to snatch it off you? Now, look here, mister. I'm getting
2: fed no up with No offense, you. Sam. We can't afford to quarrel. Now, here. Come over here to the window. Uh, out of the line of that keyhole. Now, there. Hold it to the light. It is a beauty, no? Thank you, gentlemen. What? What? Holmes! Oh, I thought you said he was a dummy. Dear me, not very flattering of you, Count. you scowl, you you thief! Temper, temper. No violence, gentlemen, please. Consider the furniture. Police are waiting below. But how the deuce? There is a second door to my bedroom behind that window curtain. I thought the game was up when you heard me displace the dummy. You... I believe you're the devil himself. You flatter me. Ah, but here are our friends from Scotland Yard. Take them away, boys. Yes, sir. Yeah, but I say, how about the blooming fiddle? It's still playing. Quite right, Sam. Remarkable invention, the gramophone. Let it play. Turn on, get it moving. That's it. All right, Watson, you can stop that machine.
3: I... I say, Holmes, I've lost at least five pounds in the last half hour.
2: Very beneficial to your waistline. Oh. You're becoming disgustingly plump. What? Look at this.
3: Why, it's the Crown hand.
2: Hello, what's up now? Come in, come in. Oh, Mrs. Hudson.
4: Lord is yes,
2: dear. Sir. What again? Did he ever let us alone? Well, show him up.
4: He's up, sir, begging his heart. Well, I must say,
2: Holmes, you have most unmanly people in your household. I ran into a group of ruffians as I was coming to the door. Oh, that must have been the fellows from Scotland Yard. It's um, rather warm in here. May I take your overcoat, Lord Candelier? Quite comfortable. Quite comfortable. Furthermore, I have no intention of staying. Dr. Watson will assure you that these sudden changes of temperature are most insidious. Take your hands off my coat. I intend to keep it on. Very well. I uh, came to see how your uh, self appointed task is getting on. It's difficult. Very difficult. Yes, I suspected you would find it so. Every man has his limitations. Yes, I've been greatly perplexed. No doubt. Especially on one point. But perhaps you can help me. Uh, You apply for my advice rather late in the day. Still, I'm ready to give you the benefit of my opinions. You understand we can doubtless frame a case against the actual thieves. Uh, Once you have caught them. Quite. But the real question is, how shall we proceed against the receiver... What would you regard as the final evidence against the receiver? The actual possession of the stone, of course. You would arrest him on that? Why, certainly. In that case, my dear Lord Cantlemere, I shall be under the painful necessity of advising your arrest. Forget yourself, Mr. Holmes. I have no time for such childish jokes. I may tell you frankly, sir, that I have never had any belief in your powers. Good evening. One moment. Actually, to make off with a mazarin stone would be even more serious to be found in temporary possession of it. Uh, it is intolerable. Let me pass immediately. Just put your hand in the right-hand pocket of your overcoat. What do you mean? Do as I ask. Well, I... I, I however, I Say, what's this? It seems to be the mazarin stone. For shame, sir, for shame. Well, 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 bless my soul. How and thunder. Well, I'll be... Undoubtedly. However, I really must apologize... I never could resist a dramatic situation. I took the liberty of slipping the stone into your pocket at the beginning of our interview. Well, 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 uh, uh, to say I am bewildered is putting it mildly. Uh, We are greatly indebted to you, sir, in spite of your uh, somewhat perverted sense of humor. And I certainly withdraw any reflection I may have made on your amazing professional part. How could you... The details can wait. I trust your pleasure in relaying news of our success will be some small atonement for my practical joke. Oh, yes, it will, sir. It will indeed. I can hardly wait to uh, get the good word around. Uh, Good day, Mr. Holmes. Good Good day, day. Lord Cantlemere. Watson, will you show his lordship out? Uh, With pleasure. And uh, tell Mrs. Hudson I should be obliged if you'd send up dinner for two as soon as possible. an extraordinary story, Dr. Watson, and what a perfect climax.
3: Yes, Mr. Harris. Holmes always had an eye for the dramatic, which reminds me, next week's story... Did you say got... that
2: next week's story is going to be particularly dramatic, Doctor?
3: I didn't say it, Mr. Harris, because you interrupted me, but I was going to. Yes, next week I'm going to tell you how the five-year-old racehorse Blazing Star suddenly dropped dead of old age, and how my... My youthful prowess in the game of rugby saved Holmes and myself from a diabolical plot of our arch enemy, Professor Moriarty.
2: The makers of Clippercraft clothes and 1,036 leading stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes is produced and directed by Basil Ochran, with special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clippercraft dealer, write Clippercraft, 200 Fifth Avenue, New York City. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in the Case of Sudden Senility. If you'd like to attend the Sherlock Holmes broadcasts in New York, see your local Clippercraft dealer, and he'll tell you how to obtain your tickets. This is Cy Harris speaking for Clippercraft Co. This is the world's largest network, serving more than 450 radio stations and digital broadcasting systems.